podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So, as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router, and any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable hosted by Kevin DeVries on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. Good boys and girls, two for the podcast. Today is Thursday. It is the 10th of August. I hope you're all well. Hope you're all having as good a day as I am. Uh, I must start by denouncing my own stupidity. Uh, yesterday, when talking about Borussia Dortmund and the Champions League win, and Paul Lambert in particular, I said that when he was at Norwich and prior to, he was one of the most exciting um, or the best young English manager. I did, of course, mean British manager because Paul Lambert is Scottish, not English. So apologies to my friends in the Great White North on that one. 
uh, a couple of days previous, I had scolded whoever it was on the EPL website who called Nottingham Forest, Knotts Forest, and then I proceeded to call Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday. I do sometimes have senior moments. You'll have to excuse this. I, I, I am getting very old and uh, my mind is not always my own. Plus, when you do this by yourself for an hour every day, and I do an hour and a half by myself every day between the Daily Red and this. You do just sometimes let your mind wander when you're talking. So uh, apologies to all Scottish people and also to fans of both Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday for the mix-ups. Right, folks, it is questions day. So I think we're going to jump straight into those. And then after that, uh, there's a lot of transfer gossip going around, so we might have a wee dig into some of that. Anyway, uh, let's get up our questions. We'll go to the Discord first. There we go. Um, right, Zuccherino, world-class player during their peak, yay or nay? Daniel Agar. I'm going to say nay because it wasn't sustained for long enough. He never got a long enough run injury-free. Definitely world-class talent, but I don't think he quite hit the level. Uh, Daniel Sturridge, I would say yay. Uh, From January of 2013 through to May of 2014, an 18-month spell, I would say Daniel Sturridge was world-class. Delhi Ali. No, no, I don't think he's because he was still really young. He he had immense seasons, but I still think there was that one more leap required to get to world class. So I'm going to say no. Uh, Sergio Ramos, as a central defender, absolutely not. As a right back, borderline. But as an overall footballer, as a winner, as a captain, as a leader, he probably was. But as a centre-back, not even close. Uh, Hugo Lloris, no. Mario Gotze, no. Marco Royce, I think he was. But I think it was brief because of the injuries. Uh, Letizia, no. No. Letizia was amazing. And some of my favourite memories were watching Match of the Day to see Matt Letizia score, frankly, ludicrous goals. That if, if they were scored today, Twitter would explode. Like if Neymar, for example, scored a goal that was even reminiscent of Letizia's top 10, the strange Neymar perverts would have the lube and the tissues out. Um, Juan Mata, no, always a level below world class. Fantastic player, though. Raheem Sterling, yes. Raheem was one of the best players in the Premier League for three straight years. So, yeah, Raheem was there. He was incredible. Mats Hummels, I would always have put him just slightly below world class. David Villa, absolutely. 
No question for me, David Villa was a world-class operator. Um, with Sporting, he was great. With Saragossa, he was great. With Valencia, he was world-class. With Barca, he was world-class. So, yeah. Uh, Jordi Alba. I don't think so. I don't think so. Very good, but not world-class. Rio Ferdinand wasn't world-class. Rio will tell you Rio was world-class, but no. No. Uh, Eden Jekyll, no. Very, very good, but not world-class. Aspila Quetta, no. Very good, but not world-class. Kind of similar to Andy Robertson, just that level below it. Uh, Robin Van Persie, I would say yes. The last season at Arsenal, the first season at United, I think he was world-class. Freddie Lundberg, no. Lukaku has had world-class seasons, but I don't think he's ever actually been world-class himself. Fabian Barthez, no. Always just that notch below. Jack Wilshire, no. At 18, he looked like a surefire world-class player, but he never got any better from there. I would always say Christian Eriksen was just a level below world-class. Toby Alderweireld was world-class for a couple of years at Spurs. There's no question. Uh, Higuain. Mm, yeah, Higuain at Napoli was world-class. Uh, Cavani, I would say, was world-class. And Michael Carrick will never get the credit he deserved, but I think between 06 and 09, I think Michael Carrick was world-class. I do. I think he was outstanding. Um, The most underrated English player of all time. Uh, Matt JT, if you were given the choice to rehire Edwards right now, and he could rebuild the data and scouting departments, but it meant Klopp leaving. Would you do it? Uh, yes, I would. I would. Now, look, Klopp is an incredible manager. One of the five or six best in the world. I don't buy into that he's the best in the world, but I do think he's the one of the best at working with the odds stacked against him. I think him and Simeone are, are neck and neck there. Um, but... I think it's more. I think it's more important to have a great structure. A world class structure is more important to me than a world class manager. You give me a world class structure and a world class group of players, which that structure will get me and help develop. Then I can win with a very good manager. I don't need a great manager if I've got that world class squad, and I think. If you gave Edwards and Ian Graham carte blanche to go and recruit players, I think they'd they'd build a world-class squad for me at a very affordable price. Liverpool's model should be Brighton plus. Brighton on steroids. That's what Liverpool should be. And the biggest obstacle to doing that is Jurgen Klopp. And it's not a knock on Klopp. It's just that he's, he's too loyal and he's too stubborn. Um... So yeah, I would I would do that. You give me Edwards, Ian Graham, their choice of people to work with them, and Ruben Amram or Roberto De Zerbi or a handful of other managers, and I think Liverpool would have incredible success. Overall, does Klopp deserve more praise for what he accomplished with the restraints of FSG, or does he deserve more criticism for being complicit with FSG's penny pinching? Um, I think it's a little bit from column A, a a large bit from column B, and some from column C as well, which is that 
the restraints of FSG are the same now as they were when he took over. What's changed is the process, and he's the reason the process changed. So, um, Isaac Gilding asking the big questions this week. Can you run through these top teams from the European leagues and give what you think is their single best transfer of all time? Once you've got them all, is it possible to say which is the best of those? Does your choice count as the single best of all time worldwide? Okay. Um, okay. Chelsea. Chelsea's best ever signing. I think it's Didier Drogba. I think Didier Drogba is Chelsea's best ever signing. Don't think he's their best ever player, but I think he's their best ever signing. Liverpool. Kenny Dalglish. Kenny Dalglish is the best signing Liverpool ever made for what he did as a player and then what he did as a manager, uh, the impact he's had on the club. It's Kenny. Manchester City, Vincent Company. Vincent Company is the one that started everything for City. You know, like Yaya and Silva and Aguero, they came later. But Vincent Company was the was the real starting point. So I'd go for him. Although you could argue Francis Lee either, but we don't get too old. Um Manchester United, the best signing they ever made was Roy Keane. It's the best signing they ever made. No question for me. Arsenal. Thierry Henry. It's the best player the Premier League has seen. So Thierry Henry. Uh, Spurs. The best signing Spurs ever made. I mean, I'm inclined to say someone like Gaza. But Gary Lineker, is, I think, is a good shout here. Um... Jimmy Greaves. Jimmy Greaves. The best signing they made is Jimmy Greaves. Um, does Jimmy Greaves count, though? What did they sign him for? Let me see. Yeah, Jimmy Greaves. Look at that goal scoring right. Signed him. Midway through the 61-62 season, scored 268 goals in 381 games. Funnily enough, he'd been at Chelsea. He was a machine at Chelsea as well, 132 and 169. Goals to AC Milan. Scores 13 and 9. I assume just didn't settle in Italy. Comes back to England. Despite the fact he left, he still won a league title with Inter, with AC that year. Wins the FA Cup with Spurs that year. Following year, he wins the European Cup, Winners Cup, wins another FA Cup later on. I'm going to say Jimmy Greaves. Um, Barcelona. Johan Cruyff. Johan Cruyff transformed the club. Real Madrid. 
It's probably De Stefano or Puskas. I mean, they won five Champions Leagues, or well, European Cups as they were at that point. Now, I would rank Puskas above De Stefano all time, but I know others that that would go the other way and would adamantly go the other way. Um, Let me think. Do you know what? We'll go go to Stefano. We'll go to Stefano because Puskas joined a couple of years later. They were already on their run. We'll go to Stefano. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll go Alfredo to Stefano. Um, Atletico Madrid. I'm inclined to say it's Griezmann or Diego Godin. I'm inclined to say it's somebody recent because this has been the most successful period that they've had under Simeone. I mean, the answer might be Simeone just because the time he spent there as a player meant he came back as a manager. Uh, But I think I'll go Godin. I think I'll go Diego Godin. Uh, Bayern Munich. Um... Lothar Mateus is the name that immediately jumps to mind because most of their other greats came through their academy. Did Gerd... Oh, Gerd Muller didn't come through the academy. There's your son. There's your answer. It's Gerd Muller. Um, the best goal scorer they've ever had. Uh, Dortmund, Matthias Zammer, transformed the club back-to-back titles and the European Cup. Matthias Zammer is the answer. Uh, PSG? I'm inclined to go with Zlatan, frankly, because he kind of started all of whatever it is they are now. So I'll go Zlatan. Marseille. Oh. Uh, Jean-Pierre Papin is the one that, that jumps to mind. Vital to sign them from Bruges. Yeah, Jean-Pierre Papin is who I think I'll go with. Now, of course, he did miss the European Cup when he'd left at that point and gone to um, gone to AC Milan. But still, he kind of legitimized them in Europe. So I think I'll go with him. Yeah, I'll go with Papan. Um, I'm 
Sorry, it's just taken a second to load itself back up. Um, Milan. I think it's Marco van Basten. I'm just going to go with Marco van Basten. Uh, Inter, Javier Zanetti is the best buy they ever made. Juventus. I don't think he came through the academy. Gaetano Syria is the name that's jumping out at me. I don't think he came through their academy. I could be wrong. No, he came from Atalanta. So Gaetano Syria is who I'll go with there. Uh, Napoli, it's Diego Maradona. It's not close. Ajax. Ooh. Oh, that's an interesting one. I mean, could be obvious. But I'm I'm struggling. Um, I feel like it's Johan Nieskens. That's that's the the one that kind of jumps out at me. Is Johan Nieskens. Um was only there like four years maybe, but won three European Cups, won a couple of area divisies, went on to Barcelona. I'm, I'll go Johan Nieskens. Um phenomenal player. And then Benfica. I mean, again, this one might be an obvious one, but I feel like it has to be Eusebio, doesn't it? I feel like it has to be Eusebio. So I'll go with him. Um, Who's the best of all of these? I'm going to say it's Johan Cruyff for Barcelona. And I think it's probably the best transfer of all time. When Johan Cruyff went to Barcelona, he was 26 years of age. And he only spent five years there as a player. He left at 31 and he went and kind of knocked about a little bit. Wasted a few years of his career and then ended up back at Ajax for a couple of years and then finished up with Feyenoord. And obviously had success everywhere won the Eredivisie with Feyenoord when he went there for his final season. Um, But the impact he would have on Barcelona as a whole, I think it's it's him. I'm going to say it's Johan Cruyff to Barcelona. Though Eusebio... Eusebio needs to be considered here because he was the first true African superstar. Now, he obviously played for Portugal because Portugal controlled Mozambique. I think the country was known as Portuguese Mozambique at the time. But he was the first true 
African superstar. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give a very strong nod of the cap to him. And you look at what he did with Benfica as well. It's fairly spectacular. One to eleven league titles, a European Cup, fourteen seventeen seventeen domestic cups. You know that's that's pretty impressive. Um, had multiple seasons where he averaged over forty, where he scored over forty goals. You know injuries really think ever really stopped him from scoring for fun. But I think overall, I'm going to go for Johan Cruyff as the best transfer ever. Um, AMK2889, if you're making your MLB debut, would you rather hit for the cycle in your debut with a homer to complete the cycle, be a walk-off game-winning Grand Slam, or would you rather throw a no-hitter in which you surpass Max Scherzer for the most strikeouts during a no-hitter. Um, thing is, you can lose a no-hitter because you could walk four or five guys. There could be an error. Like, you could walk someone, they get to first, they steal second, and then you have an error in the infield and they get home and you could lose the game 1-0. So I, if I know I've, I'm having a, a game-winning walk-off Grand Slam, I'd pick that. Because winning is what matters. Um, if you could surpass any record from any sport, what would it be? Um... I don't know. Um, I would maybe say the most points in Test Rugby. Dan Carter has that record. I'd maybe say that. Just because it's it's a record that's always been important to me. Because I played rugby for a long time and I love the game. And I remember when Michael Lina broke the record and I remember just what an incredible achievement it was. And then I've followed that record ever since. So I'd say maybe that. Um, right, Tall Paul. I think, Tall Paul says he thinks he'd go for the 100-meter world record, which is fair, which is definitely fair. Uh, I'd also like to have won the Prem nine times so I could wipe that smug smile off Gary Neville. Gary Neville doesn't hold the record, though. Ryan Giggs does. Ryan Giggs won 13 league titles. So it's Ryan Giggs you'd need to be uh, wiping out of the record books. Um, LFC hyphen station. If you were Liverpool sporting director from 2010 to 2023 and were allocated a separate budget away from the main transfer kitty, 
every summer to try and sign one player, who would you have signed? For example, summer of 2016, would you have signed Usman Dembele for 16 million? Um, right, let's let's have a go at this then. I, we'll 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 make a we'll make a bash at this. Uh pull some of this. Right, so let's start in twenty 20- 10. Um, I'm just going to go through players that moved within the Premier League and um, I'll figure out who I'd want. So, let's see. Um, Stoke, definitely not. Arsenal signed nothing but Dross. Uh, West Ham didn't sign anybody that you would want. Bolton didn't sign anyone that we'd want. Neither did Brum, unsurprisingly. Uh, Sunderland, uh, no. Man City. So I've got thirty million to spend. You you had said. Um, could I take David Silva? 24-year-old David Silva moved for about 23, 24 million. We'll go David Silva for 2010. Uh, We'll move on to 2011 and see who who comes into it being interesting. Um, If this thing had ever loaded, it'd be great. Right, uh, 2011, of course, these aren't done alphabetically, so Wolves didn't sign anyone we'd want. Swansea definitely didn't sign anybody we'd want. Norwich, no. Wigan, no. QPR, absolutely not. Uh, United, no, they'd gotten silly at this point and were signing Dross. Uh, West Brom, absolutely not. Fulham, I did quite like Kazami, but no. Uh, the tune, I mean, Johan Kabai moved really cheap. I wouldn't be against Johan Kabai, but I think I'd go Romelu Lukaku when he joined Chelsea the first time. Or Thibaut Courtois when he joined. Or Kevin De Bruyne when he... Do you know what? I'm just going to take the money you've given me and I'm going to sign De Bruyne and Courtois for a combined 15 million. And you can hold on to the rest. And I'll just develop these two immense young talents. So that's what I'll go with. I'll go Courtois and De Bruyne for that season. Um, and then we'll move on to 2012. Now, 2012, Chelsea signed Hazard, but no. 
Oscar. I did like Oscar when he first came over from International. I just think Chelsea was the wrong club for him at the time. Um, I wouldn't sign him for Liverpool, but I did quite like Key, who Swansea bought from Celtic. Um, United sign Wilf Zaha wouldn't be against it. Shinji Kagawa, I'd always liked. They signed Van Persie. West Brom, no. Fulham. A 31-year-old Dimitar Berbatov, just just for the vibes. Um, Toon didn't sign anybody of, of real interest. Uh, Arsenal brought in Santi Cazorla, Podolski, no thank you. Villa, no. West Ham, no. Uh, Sunderland, no. I mean, Sunderland spending 14 million on Stephen Fletcher that year needs investigation, though they also spent a very unfortunate 11 million on Adam Johnson. Um, Man City, I did did really like Nastasic when they signed him, but he had so many injuries that it never quite worked out. And not quite, just didn't work out. Gaston Ramirez, no. Um, I do like Moussa Dembele, but no. I'm running out of teams here, and there isn't anybody jumping out at me as somebody I actually would have liked us to sign uh, who who moved elsewhere. Right, I haven't found anybody in Premier League transfers from that year. Um, I think I'll just go with with uh, with Oscar. To be honest. Yeah, I'll just go with Oscar. Um, do you know? Oh no, that was last year. I was going to say Phil Jones. I, I, I would, if if I could work up a time machine, I wouldn't be against going back and rescuing Phil Jones from what became a fairly nightmarish career when he should have become a very very good defender. But we'll take Oscar, and we'll go with him. Um, moving on, then thirteen. Nobody there. Uh, we'll just take Mohamed Salah. He'll do very nicely. We'll take Mohamed Salah. We're building a very attacking team. And the unfortunate thing is I've got Brendan Rodgers in charge, so he's not sorting out the defence either. Um, however, in the summer of 14, I believe I believe I get my... Oh, no, it was 15 he moved. Um Hmm. Bear with me. Phil didn't sign anybody of no Burnley, no definitely not. No. 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 Everton signed Lukaku, take him, um, just to annoy Everton fans. 
But no, we we will leave that one. Uh, I would have signed Esteban Cambiaso even at thirty four because I adored him. Uh, I would have completely undone the Liverpool transfer window, wasting money on garbage like Lalana and Lovren. Luke Shaw is over the budget, but I do maintain if he'd gone to a different club, he'd be one of the best left-backs in the world at this point. Um, that club is just a toxic mess, and it hasn't it hasn't aided his development at all. It's also mad to think it's nine years since Luke Shaw went to Manchester United for £34 million. Southampton signed Sadio Mane. So I think I'll just take him. I think he's the uh, the best. Oh, do you know what? No, I'll just take Delhi Ali. I'll. I could take both. In fairness, I have the money for both. If you're giving me thirty million, I might just take both. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll just take both of them. Some of these players are obviously not going to uh, not going to last the course, but that's fine. Um, the summer of fifteen, I've got a fairly easy choice. Um, I'm going to take Virgil Van Dyke, who joined Southampton from Celtic. Um, I think this is actually probably the easiest choice of all. They signed him for about twelve million. Uh, I'll just take Virgil Van Dyke if that's okay. With everybody, uh, summer of 16. Summer of 2016, I would very much like Wilf and Didi. I think he came in January. Um, but Wilf and Didi would very much interest me. Arsenal signed nothing but crap. Uh, Spurs spent some money quite badly. They did sign Wanyama, though, who I definitely would have taken. Man City, I mean, Gundo would have been Gundogan would have been brilliant to get. United, no. Southampton, no. West Ham, definitely not. Uh, Liverpool were starting to work functionally again at this point. Uh, Chelsea, God no, that's a shocker of a window. Um, they did win the league, obviously, but that window still reeks. Um, <laughs> Everton spent twenty five million on Yannick Bellassi. Uh, and twelve million on Ashley Williams. Is it any wonder that they've been crap for years? Um, I'm inclined to say I might just take Gundigan and run away. Didier and Dong, who who. Uh, Sunderland bought from Laurent was really, really good. And they were just a train wreck and never knew how to use them properly. Um, Martin Darun, Adama Traore, a no. Lots of no in that window. 
No, we'll go with we'll go with LK Gundigan just for the fact that we're basically trying to rebuild Manchester City here. Um and on to the summer of seventeen. And as things get more recent, they become a bit easier to do because you can start to picture a team under Jurgen Klopp rather than under Hodgson and then Kenny and then Rogers and just lots of bad players at the club uh, for a number of years. Um, I don't want anyone from Chelsea, although I did. I really did like Ethan Ampadu and I would have been very happy to get him. Uh, Juan Voigt or Foyt, um, I, I I do like, I still like. Douglas Louise, a young Douglas Louise, would certainly be of interest. Um, Everton, Everton just had some shocking windows. Like, Guilty Sigurdsson, Jordan Pickford, Michael Keane, Davy Klassen, Cenk Tusen, Theo Walcott, Vlasic, Onyakura, Sandra Ramirez, Wayne Rooney, Cuckoo Martina. Now, bear in mind, Cenk Tosin and Theo Walcott were signed in January by Big Sam, who'd been brought in to save them from relegation, even though they were already in mid-table, because all the rest of these had flopped so badly. Uh, Southampton, Mario Lamina at that point was a, would have been a, a decent get. A young Nathan Aki from Chelsea, I'd probably do that. I, I'd probably do Nathan Aki. Yeah, I'm starting to just lean heavily into Nathan Aki because there's nobody else here. Although Richarlison for ten million, I mean that would be a, a very very good deal. This is before Brighton really hit their hit their stride. Definitely not anyone from Huddersfield. We'll just take Nathan Aki from that year. Um, twenty eighteen. Liverpool had a great window, bringing in Fabinho, bringing in Allison. So, you know, things were starting to to really take shape at the club. Um, and obviously by this point, the likes of Silva would be aging out, but KDB would be hitting his prime and Thibaut Courtois would now be the backup goalkeeper to Alisson. But, you know, still, it would all be very, very good. Um 29, sorry, yeah, 2018. Uh, God, Chelsea have not been great at transfers. Do you know who I would have taken? And he didn't work out at Arsenal, but I, I still to this day really like him, um, is Lucas Torreira. Still to this day, I'm a, I'm a big, big fan. I think he's, I think he's a very, very good player. Um, Leicester got James Madison. That's certainly a deal that would have been of interest to me. Liverpool definitely looked at him as well. I think his knee was his knee was a bit of a concern. Um, he's over the price, but I love Felipe Anderson, and uh, I certainly wouldn't say no to that. Um, 
yeah, I think I'll just I think I'll just say Lucas Torreira and move on. Um I love a I love a psychopath. That's my my one of my things. I do like to have a psychopath in the squad. I think it helps. I think it keeps others in line and uh brings a bit of fear about your team. Um 2019, then Liverpool did very, very little. Uh, Pedro Poro, somebody I would have looked at. Um, Chelsea did very little because they had the ban. Uh, Ryan Sessegnon, I certainly wouldn't be against the idea. Uh, Kieran Tierney, you know what? I'll go William Saliba. We'll take William Saliba that transfer window. Um, still very unsure as to why Liverpool didn't move for Saliba considering they'd been trailing him for like three years since he was an academy player him and Fafana they were sold on both of them and ended up signing neither of them Um, 2020 Moises Caicedo We'll, we'll just go Moises Caicedo uh, they paid four million for him, so we will absolutely, very happily take that. Do you know? Actually, let me just reverse a little bit. Um, actually, we're signing two players this summer. Again, we're we're doing the double. Um, we're taking Chuameni as well. He moved that year t- from Bordeaux to Monaco um, for roughly $18 million. So we'll take Chiumeni and Caicedo in the summer of 2020 uh, into 21. Michael Elise is the name that's immediately screaming at me. Tino Livermento is another one that I would very much have liked. Um, nobody there. Definitely nobody at Villa. None of those. No. God, no. Chelsea signed Lukaku back. I think Michael Elise is the name I'm going to go for. And even though he's cheap, we'll just leave it at him. Um, so now this gives us last summer. Oh. Who would... There was someone that moved last summer that I was very, very keen for Liverpool to buy. Um, oh, John Duran. He didn't move in the summer. He moved... Carney Chukwemeka, his wages were the big issue, though. That that was part of why Liverpool didn't sign him. Uh, John Duran was a January transfer. I'll take Aaron Hickey because he can play both fullback spots. Um, and then this summer, to be honest, there hasn't been... I mean, Arsenal haven't done anything I would have wanted. Um... Not Villa. Milos Kirkas, I really like that move. Um, I'd probably take him. 
I'll go Bart for Bruggen, young goalkeeper. I'll go Bart for Bruggen uh, for this summer. So there you go. Um, I did have one other question. I'm going to have to try and find this because I took a screenshot of it. Um, where was the sent to me? Andy F. Pod question. Going to be in the UK for the first time, 29th of March to 7th of April. 30th of March, going to Villa Park for the Wolves game. Would you go to Watford game at Vicarage Road or a game at the Valley or Brisbane Park on April the 6th, looking for the best English football experience? Um... Now, bear in mind, it, it, it's Brisbane Road. It's um, Leighton Orient Stadium. So, I'm inclined to say Leighton Orient Stadium, Brisbane Road, will get you the best atmosphere and the best uh, enjoyment of a game because it's just that that step below. It's that that League One atmosphere, which I think will be really good. But there's a possibility there in a relegation scrap at the time, so it could be a little bit weird. The Valley is a great place to go and watch a game. And to be fair, so is Vicarage Road. But Watford, it depends on where you're staying. Watford can be a bit of a pain in the arse to get to. Whereas Leighton Orient's really easy to get to. Um... You'll know more by the time it comes out. But if you're in London, after the Villa game, if you're in London for most of that week, chances are you'll be able to go to a midweek game and a game on the Saturday. But I I would say of the three you've mentioned, I would say I'd go to Brisbane Road. Smaller crowd, only 9,500 or so. But genuinely one of the better atmospheres in in the lower leagues. Watford can just get a little bit weird as well. What Watford it's a pain in the hole to get to Watford. So I would I would rule that out. I, I would go Brisbane Road. It's just the easiest one to get to, to to be quite honest. And I think it's it'll be more fun. Yeah. If you can get to a midweek game as well though, like have a look that when because obviously when you come over, schedules will have changed and whatever else. But you might possibly be able to find a midweek game as well as the the weekend game. Um, but yeah, of, of those three, I would go with that. Right, we'll take a break. When we come back, just to gossip, and I'm out because I've gone long. Right, welcome back. So, big news today, Thibaut Courtois has suffered a torn ACL, which will rule him out of this coming season. So, reportedly, Real will look now for a goalkeeper. Um, I mean, they have Andre Lunen. They could just give him an opportunity. Also, on the topic of Real Madrid, it has been reported today that Kylian Mbappe is going to stay at PSG for another season. 
So we'll wait and see what takes place with that. On the topic of knee injuries, Emmy Buendia has suffered what is believed to be a torn ACL in training and is likely to miss a large part, if not all, of the coming season. Um, sticking with midfielders, West Ham have signed Edson Alvarez for a deal worth around $35 million from Ajax. He's a very good player, and he's a very good get for them. Unfortunately, the next signings to come in the door will be Dross. Um, Luton Town have signed Jacob Brown from Stoke City for an undisclosed fee, continuing on with their process of building a team for the championship. Um, And the big news of today is that Tottenham and Bayern Munich have agreed a deal in principle for Harry Kane worth more than 100 million euros. Now, the reporting is that it's still Kane's decision as to what he does. I think he would be mental not to jump at that move. I think that's the ideal move for him. Go there, score a bunch of goals, win a bunch of titles and a bunch of cups, potentially win a Champions League, come back, to the Premier League when you're 34 and you'll still have three years, maybe even four, depending on how you age. And I don't think his game is going to age badly at all in which you can break Alan Shearer's record. Ignore idiots like Michael Owen. Michael Owen always put individual performance over team performance. He never cared about his teammates. It was always about Michael Owen and his goal records, which is why he doesn't have any and he's an unhappy little man. Uh, Ignore him, ignore Carragher, ignore them all. Go and Join Bayern Munich. No doubt. Go and join Bayern Munich. On to the gossip. Southampton have received a £48 million offer, including add-ons, from Chelsea for Romeo Lavia. Now, Chelsea have also today bid or paid the release clause on Tyler Adams. So if they're buying Lavia and Adams, I'm guessing they're not going to be buying Caicedo. And we have reports from Matt Law and Jacob Steinberg, both well-placed on this, that Liverpool have made an offer to Brighton above what Chelsea are willing to pay for Caicedo. In truth, Caicedo fits Liverpool more than Lavia. And Lavia probably fits Chelsea more than Liverpool, than, than Caicedo would, because he's a bit more dynamic than Caicedo to go with Enzo. And he can be a bit more of a roaming destroyer type next to next to Enzo, whereas Caicedo can do exactly the same role he did at Brighton next to exactly the same fella in Alexis McAllister. So I, I do think it would make sense if Caicedo ends up at Liverpool and Lavia and Adams end up at Chelsea. And I think Liverpool have one more that they'll bring in in midfield, and I think it'll be Andre Trinidad, the Brazilian. Uh, Manchester United are hoping to reunite Benjamin Pavard with Raphael Varane by making a £25 million offer for the Bayern Munich defender. United are also keen to bring in Sofian Amrabat. Amrabat's preference is to join Atletico Madrid. I don't believe it is. I think that's just Spanish journalists telling lies. Uh, PSG officials and Neymar will meet this week in a bid to sort out his future with contract termination among the options. Um, Fair enough. Chelsea are closing in on a deal to sign Moises Caicedo. Well, that's clearly out of date. That was written yesterday and is clearly now out of date. 
Um, Chelsea's Spanish goalkeeper Kepa is wanted by Bayern Munich as they seek a replacement for Manuel Neuer. Given he had no time for Kepa, I don't think that's true. When they were at Chelsea, he had no time for Kepa at all. Uh, Chelsea have decided to abandon negotiations with Juventus over the Vlahovic for Lukaku swap. I think Spurs should sell Kane and immediately go and buy Vlahovic. Brentford and Spain goalkeeper David Rea is set to join Arsenal on loan with an option to buy and apparently becomes an obligation to buy if he plays, I think it's 10 games or something like that. So it's not a bad deal, but I still don't see the point of it. Arsenal have rejected a £30 million bid from Monaco for following Balogun. Instead, Arsenal are considering offering Balogun and Takahiro Tamiyasu to Inter Milan in exchange for Nicolo Barella. Okay, that would be weird. West Ham arriving Burnley for the capture of Ian Matson. I, I said in a piece I wrote for EPL Index, that's exactly who West Ham should be targeting. Uh, they should also target Jem- Jeremy Frimpong to sort out the other side. Burnley want to sign Alvaro Fernandez from Manchester United after his impressive loan at Preston last year. Wolves are expected to complete the signing of Aaron Cresswell. Yeah, great. Um, Paraguay is not oh, sorry. Brighton's nineteen-year-old Paraguay forward Julio Enciso is a target for Napoli. No chance they sell. Bournemouth are set to hijack Leeds' move for Max Aaron's. That would be a very good signing and would would sort a major issue for them. Uh, Wilfred Nanto asked to be left out of Leeds' lineup against Shrewsbury as he seeks a move. Um, Leeds should loan him. They shouldn't sell him. Brazilian forward David Washington is close to completing a move to Chelsea with Chelsea playing 16 million, including add-ons. Um, fair enough. Chelsea are just stockpiling young players at this point. And it will be interesting to see how many of them actually have anything resembling uh, a real career. Uh, final bit of news, uh, big news for the England woman, women's team. Lauren James has been given a two-match suspension after her red card against Nigeria. So she will miss the quarterfinal against Colombia and then potentially the semifinal as well. So a uh, huge, huge blow for England. And that's it. That's all I've got today, folks. Thanks as always. I'll see you tomorrow when we will have Guy Drinkle potentially returning. I must actually speak to him now and see if he's available. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Network.